You're now tuned into the Fully Booked Podcast with Mace, French and Pox. Enjoy the listen. Where to go? Tell me where to go. Um, I guess moving back slightly towards the the technology side of things because you've mentioned like when it comes to sleep you need to prepare yourself whilst you're awake so I was gonna go into I guess morning routines that's something that I'm very stringent and and place in my day I have a morning routine but it does involve technology and I was gonna ask you like what is your morning routine and if I was to run down mine could you find? Could you see ways and in, in, I guess improve it without use, the use of the technology? Um. Well, the, the first thing you do, I don't know you can see this, but you know it depends what you mean by technology. Mm-hmm. Right? Um. Can you see this? Yeah. Logo? Yeah. Yeah. We can. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. What is That's that? Cool. That's called a human charger. Now, the process of waking in the morning, uh, because we haven't moved away from the fact that we all slept outside, the brain and bodily functions, and these two hormones, serotonin and melatonin, which is triggered by light. So when the sun hits the horizon, it produces daylight. And inside of that daylight is very different, like spectrums. But also inside of there is the blue energy light, the blue light. And so we start to produce serotonin, which unsuppresses all our bodily functions. So we start to become active and be able to go out and enjoy our day and do what we need to do. It peaks around midday and then starts to diminish. As it starts to diminish um, and the blue light disappears, then we start to produce melatonin. And melatonin suppresses all bodily functions and takes us towards a point of being able to go to sleep. And that's what's going on every day. So the start of your day, it is critical to understand where you live on the planet because some countries have daylight saving time, which will hit us uh, next month, mm-hmm. where we shift the clock. It's go not backwards. for a human performance factor. It was done for bad reasons back in the 40s. Uh, and that shifts our exposure to light. So we shift throughout any year between 16 plus hours of daylight in spring and summer to then only eight hours of daylight in the winter months starting the end of October. And that means it has a dramatic effect on the production of these two home hormones and when. So the answer to your question is that um, I'm a morning chronotype. Mm-hmm. I produce serotonin very, very easily at the early part of the day. Um, so I'm active and functional. But I only ever shut my curtains when I know that the sunrise will be earlier than 5 a.m. in the morning. Um, because it's earlier than 5 a.m., then I know that the sun coming into my bedroom will affect uh, the time when I will wake naturally. So I only use blackout curtains, I only use blinds or whatever. Uh, to protect myself when the sun is rising early, which is totally generated by the daylight saving time shift. Mm-hmm. So if I use blackout curtains to protect myself from the early sunrise, 
because I want to generate that natural stuff, is then I would have a lamp in my bedroom called a dawn wake simulator. Now, all that does is recreate a level of light that is outside, but inside my bedroom to create the same thing. And the difference, that is the most fundamental thing, whether you're a, a morning type or evening type, um, it's fundamental to starting your day because it creates this, the hormone that makes you functional. So technology in that particular area can be really beneficial. And the bit about it is you can just get a, um, you can download, you know, it's only progressed since I heard so many people saying, shut your tech down, blue light is dangerous for you and all this sort of stuff. Um, you can get a, uh, a little free app on the App Store. It's called a, a Lux Light Meter. It, I haven't got my phone with me at the moment, guys, because I'm talking to you, but you can just download it onto your phone. It just uses the camera on your device, and it just measures light around you. And when we were outside, there could be anything up to 100,000 Lux, and we would be wandering around dropping our heads on the trees, buildings. And so the average outside could be 10,000, 20,000 lux. Internally, in our homes, our studios, our environments, our bathrooms, offices, trains, planes, you name it, the level of light we're exposed to is much, much lower than that. And by using the light meter, you can get a balance of just every day what level of light you're exposed to which means you can use things like this little human charger, a very non-intrusive thing, or you can get a little lamp by your desk, you know, something. And these things produce 10,000 lots, which sort of, you know, every 90 minutes, every now and again, you can just give yourself a hit of this light to just keep those hormones balanced. And as I mentioned it to you about the start of your day, is, yeah, you know, if you're swiping the phone off, there's your alarm and you start engaging with notifications and stuff like that. I don't need to tell you guys that, you know, in elite sports or the celebrity world, you know, they can map your day out if you're not careful. And you want to be very careful how you interact with notifications and tech um, at the start of your day. You want a little bit of a gap so what I always suggest to people is that they, you know, bladder is easy. We get up to the toilet. But making sure that they've got this level of light, 10,000 lux, whether it's by the side of their bed, in the kitchen, while they're making breakfast, whatever it is, or even traveling to work, you know, getting a little hit. It's just to make sure that you've got, you're hydrating, you're fueling up with good stuff, and bowels are open to get rid of the waste. So if you can, some mental challenges, in the summer it's a little bit easier because it's nice and light outside and we can get about. It's just making sure that the first 90 minutes of your day is about creating the right hormone, unsuppressing all bodily functions, making sure that those have been tested a little bit, making sure that you've, you've got some good stuff in there to build on and waste has been exposed. Mm -hmm. Then, sounds a bit crazy, but it's then you should be interacting with the world. So I don't see it as a, a point in time where you're not doing anything, but 
I certainly made sure that my consistent wake time is 6.30. That means I'm awake at 5 to 6, quarter past 6, 10 past 6, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly don't want to be a sports league coach until 8 o'clock. That's 90 minutes after my 6.30 start. That means I feel as though I've done everything possible to become fully awake and, and ready for the world. But I certainly try not to at least have a 20-minute, 30-minute period where at least I might be hydrating, you know, getting breakfast, which is easy for me. Before I start interacting with those notifications that I, I still can't seem to block, <laughs> because everybody gets through it, don't they? It's, whether it's a funny video from our mate or Kim Kardashian's bones <laughs> you know, whatever it is, or you know, Brexit for God's sake, you know, it's it's sort of I just try and make sure that in my first ninety minutes of the day, the majority is about me as a human being and a brain getting ready for the world and doing things that are perfectly natural and making sure those things are in place so that the impact, whether it's positive or negative, what's going to come on to me is I deal with it in the best way I can and not be reactive, be proactive. Nick, for me, so I'm, a, I'm a big football fan. How did, just to go back to when you were working with United, with England, when you first spoke to Sir Alex, because obviously Sir Alex, from what I gather, always had the last word in terms of with his players. How did the players take to your revolutionary ideas when you introduced the kind of sleep pods and so on? Did did some players kind of joke on the side about it? Did others, were they really, really embraceful of it? You said Ryan Giggs was really interested, for instance. How were other players? Were, were, were some like kind of anti-recovery spirit, for lack of a better term? How hard and, and how hard was it to kind of embed your kind of your new your new revolutionary sleep techniques into say the sporting world? Well, you're, you're making reference to a point in time, um, you know, where there was a a group of players. Like I say, most of them were sort of UK British whatever grown um, they were under the so that their distractions were quite limited it was about football it was about the club it was about the manager it was about trying to be successful and they listened to everything that he would say mm-hmm. um, so when he decided to introduce uh, double pre-season training which Back then was just ridiculous. So they're not only training in the morning, they're training in the afternoon. And when I was asked, you know, what could we do in between training sessions, rather than just letting the guys hang around on the sofa playing games and whatever, um, I sort of said, well, we could take advantage of that midday period and and try to encourage them to actually take a sleep. Well, you can imagine that conversation back then. But, you know, Alex just said, let's do it. The physio at the time, a guy called Rob Swire, um, just but that makes some sense. So how do we do it? So we just created a room, you know, cleared a, a space out in Carrington. 
which is the training center mm-hmm. and um and we put some lounging products that try to make them a bit more happy and and we just told them how to do it but yeah. we, we, didn't, we didn't really know what we were doing guys mm-hmm. we just you know it's just trying to put things in place but what happened very very quickly is that if they were asked to do something they would do it okay it wasn't wasn't a challenge it wasn't a debate it wasn't a an argument it was just they were trying to be the best footballers in one of the biggest clubs with one of the most respected managers and they would just do it so some of them would just lie there and go am i supposed to be asleep now (laughs) Um, what happened in the background is that what they started to notice was this player a They've only got data collection for morning training. Now they had data collection for afternoon training. Mm-hmm. And they could see that there was little differences. Okay. So that started to create an interest in why are those little differences there? And that's why we came on to things like chronotyping. Like there's a person who's got that genetic twist. So just maybe you're always looking at their data because you you only look at their data in the morning. But that person has got a nighttime chronotype. So in the afternoon, their data changes because of that, because yeah. they're more familiar with that afternoon environment. They come to life in that. So they might run quicker or this. Or so it's kind of like they were, we were all in a bit of an experiment, trying this, trying that. But I think, you know, there are certain clubs, certain organizations in today's world that still have the same perspective that they will try things they will endeavor to pursue areas they want things that are non-intrusive but way back then it was simply, you know, it's the class of 92 you know some of them weren't really famous to be honest Mm -hmm. it was only when they won the treble and the media came lopping down on top of them because they won the treble in such a crazy manner against Bayern Munich in mm-hmm. second. Suddenly the press came all over them and and these guys became, you know, extremely famous and and influential. But at the time, you know, we had a phone. But we couldn't do much with it. A phone was a phone back then. We had a phone, you know, it was a phone. We didn't even know what to do with it really. It sounds quite weird to be talking about. But I think there are lots of, um, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo, Manchester City, Liverpool, certain groups around the country where what we're trying to do is to try and be less intrusive on us all, Mm -hmm. to be trying to focus on the key things that make a difference, redefine our approach, and not just get so caught up in... in, uh, a world that constantly, constantly asks you to be engaged with. And, you know, so it, it was a very unique set of circumstances around then. Mm-hmm. But um, the people who are making a difference today are not too dissimilar. You know, they're just, it's not like looking back, it's, it's looking forward and going, I think as, you know, you pointed out before, the people who take their recovery um, put their recovery as important as everything else that they're the ones that 
that are going to survive and be successful mm-hmm. and teach us all how to do it. And the more the merrier. Definitely. Um, pushing on slightly, I was just going to... Ask me about Aston Villa. <laughs> right, we're rather not. <laughs> we're rather not, mate. <laughs> um, on page 46, you mentioned uh, scientists believe one of the key reasons we sleep is to process our experiences into memories and consolidate le- our learnt skills. I just wanted to ask, do you think thinking about your problems before sleep is a po- positive or negative thing and explain why? I think, I think the bit I'd just be rather cautious about is actually thinking about all the shit in your life just before you're about to go to sleep. <laughs> it's, it's a bit heavy. What you want to do is, is this whole R90 technique and the balance about how you start your day, little distracted breaks every 90 minutes, grabbing your ability to, to take this controlled recovery period, as we call it, this nap, this period of vacant mind space, midday, early evening, whatever. Is, is that all builds to putting things in context? So what we what we should be doing every day, that's why I get called a wake coach rather than a sleep coach, is when you start your day, is how you can just keep a nice rhythm and balance to the information you're receiving, what you're doing. So I would think that putting in context um, the positive and negative things about your particular life at that particular point or whatever those manifest themselves to be is a really good place so that while you are asleep, because you're out of control, your brain is controlled now, it wants to shut you down almost into a semi-paralyzed state where you're in your most vulnerable position and it will be doing all sorts of stuff while you're in that. And that is also about processing information and put it in context and put it in the right places and file downloading and all that sort of stuff. But it's something you should be doing from the point of wake, you know, just helping your brain through this whole process. Um, so rather than, you know, if I got your question right, I don't want people sitting, you know, in bed before they go to sleep, sort of rolling through the stuff in their life. Um, I think it's just a nice balance throughout the day that enables you to put things in context a little bit and start your day in the right way and just help your brain to do these things because it will do it. There's absolutely no uh, no argument that uh, if you're able to deal with the negative things and the positive things throughout your day, then you're more likely to build a better mental well-being space while you're asleep. Mm-hmm. So when you start the next day, it may have less impact on you. Cool. Um, probably very similar to not going to the doctor. Obviously, or by not going to the doctor, obviously you won't know if you have any problems or anything along those lines. But, um, or I guess my question really is, what are the consequences of not sleeping well? I mean, there are a few examples in your book where I think it's the rugby player, and I want to pronounce his name correctly, Alex um, Corbusiera. Um, where he took a, a year out of rugby, obviously due to fatigue and stuff like that. And me personally, I work at like a two weeks on, two weeks off kind of routine. And I, okay. and I, I more often than not, and more so now, can really see um, where I'm flagging or, or or the differences between when I'm working and when I'm not working. And I just wanted to know if there. I mean, 
what are, what other what other signs are recognizable? I mean, I know sometimes my concentration levels are quite poor. I think we're, we're, we're getting better at this, like you were saying, you know, to um, to talk about stuff, to yeah. engage and look for help and assistance. You know, that's getting a lot, lot better. And also being able to identify these things when you you know that your concentration levels have dropped, right? Whereas before, it wouldn't even crop up in your head. You just keep cracking on, don't you? Yeah. So I think... The great thing about, you know, the space we're in right now is things like that. Is you can actually feel, because it's all about concentration, decision-making, mm. relationship, <clears throat> anger management, alertness, awareness. There are things like cardiovascular performance, stamina. There are, you know, bodily functions. All sorts of things going on, which creates almost a shadow of who you should be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you'll have heard of the word sort of sleep deprivation. Um, it's not something that builds up and you can catch up on it uh, or, or put it right in that sense. Mm-hmm. It means that every day you are not recovering at the level that you should be. So as you roll through the different schedules, two weeks on, two weeks off, Mm. I've been doing some work recently with a, a medical university in Tennessee, Knoxville, with the medical graduate students who do 120 hours a week and all that sort of stuff. been working with a, a police constabulary, um, 5,000 workforce there with all the demands and all the sorts of things that got around there. So you, you do, what it basically means is that you slowly but surely become a shadow of your former self and... You make decisions, you make choices, you create relationships with things, and you always think that you're in the right place, but like you just pointed out, it's you're now starting to identify that you can identify the way you feel, and so it's probably not a good time to be making serious decisions. So... I think that's where we all need to try and get, is not just to keep rolling through every 24 hours, keep pushing and pushing and pushing, because the decisions we make will have an enormous impact on us, but we won't necessarily notice it as much as we should. And your point is really great that you are noticing it. And to be able to go, look, this is what's been happening recently, or this is the road I'm on, this is the schedule I'm on. So at this moment in time, making any serious decisions about anything is not a good time. I'll do this tomorrow, or I'll do it later, or I'll do it after a CRP, right? So you sort of know that your concentration levels are dropping, so you CRP it on the zebra sofa, take 20 minutes out, come out of it, and go, now I'm, now I'm in a better place to carry on with that thing, so... But I think I have met so many people, and it's always this tip of the iceberg stuff, you know. We only hear about the people who actually get really involved, but I know for a fact that um, there are people that suddenly just wake up in the morning and they can't, they can't carry on, you know. 
it, it sort of might be the extreme, but suddenly it just hits you like a brick wall. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know how you got to that particular position. But the wonderful thing is, is if you can start noticing that concentration levels are dipping at certain points, uh, your relationship with all your mates, you know, how you react to stuff, how you engage with stuff, um, whether you're picking up a, you know, a high fiber salad or you're picking up a burger or you're drinking too many glasses of beer or you're, you're thinking that you need some sleeping tablets or you think you're doing this or doing that. You know, all of those little things mean that ultimately, um, and this is what all of the negative side about the space we're in at the moment is that people of all sorts of generations, are they just getting to a particular point and call it burnout, mm. call it whatever, they just simply cooperate. They just become completely intimidated by everything and just simply can't get out of bed. They just can't work. And, you know, it's not a sad thing we can put this right. It's a piece of cake. You know, we're all talking about it now, so it's easy. My book's stupidly simple. You know, let's not make it such a big problem. But in the last 12 months, I've talked to dot-com guys who've, you know, they're billionaires at 22. Hmm. Um, whether it's pop stars, celebrities, rappers, whatever, they make a shitload of money. And they're 22 years of age, 23, and then they just shut down. Just can't cope. Athletes do it, all sorts of, you know, CEOs of big companies. I was with one last week. She just, massive company, got all the zeros behind her salary and everything else, totally dynamic, totally driven, smashing it one belief, triathlon, all this sort of stuff going on. And she just simply woke up one day and that was it. Shut down. Mm. (laughs) You know, so I think um, it is so important, but, uh, you know, we just want to keep it on a nice level, you know, not Mm. to, you know, the fact that we're, we're all talking about it now and, the fact that we're, we're all going to redefine this process, you know. It's mm-hmm. not just about my flipping book or anybody else's book or anybody else saying it. It's collectively we get together and go, well, let's try and, um, let's try and help us all by, uh, you know, redefining the way we recover. And I probably, after this podcast, will probably shoot on down to the, Houses of Parliament and throw my books all over it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to help with some good decision making right now. Yeah, it's, not, it's, not a bad, it's not a bad shout. Maybe take this zebra sofa with you. Yeah, take the zebra sofa, <laughs> sit there and go, when was the last time you went to sleep? <laughs> <laughs>